Good morning, everybody. This is the Marcus Today Members Podcast on Wednesday, the 5th of July. Wall Street closed last night, and after our sugar hit from the RBA yesterday, there is no follow-through today. This is general advice only, not to be confused with advice suited to your personal financial circumstances. Yes, we were up 33 points yesterday. At one point, we jumped 40 points. The Aussie dollar fell over, and bond yields dropped as the RBA pressed pause on rate rises. The banks rallied Banks rallied quite hard, actually. Chart looking pretty good there. If you are looking to buy the CBA for a run into results, what more excuse do you need? We're about a month out. That's the usual time period it runs for. Banks had a good session yesterday, as did some of the interest rate-sensitive sectors like REITs, real estate investment trusts. But as I say, no follow-through today. We are down 21 points. Wall Street was closed last night, of course. Our futures this morning were down 12. There wasn't much to go on, it has to be said. But if you read my section today, I have read all the strategist commentary, and the suggestion is that the RBA may have made a mistake if they thought last week's lower-than-expected CPI number was an excuse to hit pause. Then the point being made is that the CPI number last week was a monthly number, not a quarterly number. We've changed from quarterly to monthly numbers. The next quarterly number is on July the 26th. They are seen a bit like house prices versus the stock market. They The quarterly numbers are more indicative of the trend rather than short-term volatile, which is what the monthly numbers are. And the suggestion is that energy prices are going to pick up next month. And also, you might have seen union leaders rejecting a 4% wage offer in the healthcare sector. This, the fear is that if expectations are that wages are going to go up by more than the RBA's band, which is 2 to 3%, and get cemented in at 4% plus, then inflation is going to struggle to get down into the band. So some criticism of the move yesterday, their excuses, they want to see how the data is unfolding. But the reality is that most strategists still expect two, if not three more rate rises from here. And that yesterday hasn't really changed the picture. 4.1% is not high enough to bring inflation down. And if you listen to Philip Lowe's last outing, he made it clear they have more work to do. So no follow through today, unfortunately. And the banks, which had a great day yesterday, seem to have lost almost all of it today. We've got the NAB down 1%, ANZ down 1.2%, Westpac down 1.1%. Disappointing stuff. And notably, the drop in the Aussie dollar didn't last and the drop in bond yields didn't last either. So back to normal today. Now in the technical scan section, you'll see with Wall Street closed, nothing really changed, but NASDAQ and S&P 500 at 52-week highs and both overbought. And the ETFs over the S&P 500 and the NASDAQ also overbought. NDQ, HNDQ, which we hold, IVV, IHVV, IOO, SPY. And the technology ETFs overbought, Robo, RBTX, FANG, SEMI, FANG at a 52-week high as well. So the picture is still the same. US big tech overbought, but not falling over. Now, in order to answer the question, is big tech expensive, I have put a 
a table in my section today of all the PEs and yields, what yields, on big tech. Have a look down the bottom of my section. There's only one stock, two stocks, in fact, with a yield above zero. That's Microsoft and Apple, and that, their yields are 0.5 and 0.8%. Return on equity in almost every case except AMD and Snowflake. This is for the FANG stocks, 10 big FANG stocks. ROE is over 20% on almost all of them. And the PEs, 32, 35, 82, 54, 22, 22, 80, 24, 39, 40. Does that sound expensive to you? Forget PEs. Have a look at price to sales. So 10 times is expensive. 10 times means in order to get a return out of buying a stock, the company would have to pay you its current revenue as a dividend without any costs, any employees, any rent, any costs at all, would have to return this year's revenue to you as a dividend untaxed every year for 10 years for it to be worth buying the stock. So 10 times is silly. A lot of big tech stocks traded around five times, six times would be acceptable for a growth company. Boring companies would be trading on one or two times sales, utilities and the like, Telstra's for instance. So price to sales ratios, Apple eight times, Microsoft 12 times, Amazon 2.6, NVIDIA 40 times, Alphabet 5 times, Snowflake 23 times, Tesla 10 times, Meta 6, Netflix 6, AMD 8. So almost all of them the wrong side of 5 times and NVIDIA on 40 times, silly. Microsoft is probably the worst culprit there, 12 times. In other words, earnings from AI in particular would have kick up significantly from current levels to make those ratios look sensible, let alone cheap. And on the PE front, what I've done for you today, I've put, Reuters gives us this ability to look at the PE history. So I've taken the forward PE history. I can do just about any numbers. I've taken the forward PE history for each of the the big tech stocks. Have a look at the charts and compared them to the average. And as you might imagine, the PEs on some stocks, some of the big tech stocks are well above the average. For instance, Apple, 29 times, 30 times. The average is 18 times. Microsoft, PE, 31 times. Average is 23 times. Amazon, no, not Amazon. NVIDIA, 47 times. The average is 34 times. So all those sitting above their historical PE averages. But if you look at the rest of them, Alphabet, Amazon, Snowflake, Tesla, Meta, Netflix, AMD, even though the PEs are ritzy by Australian standards, they are all trading below the long-term average. So mass delusion aside about what is acceptable about PE, apart from Amazon, no, apart from Microsoft, Apple and NVIDIA, the rest of them are trading below their historical averages. Bottom line, it suggests you don't throw out the big tech stocks just because of price. If earnings kick up and we have the earnings results season coming along, if earnings kick up and we see significant growth rates out of cloud and AI, then some of these stocks are not overvalued, at least compared to history. Right, my portfolios today, the strategy portfolio is still sitting in 32% cash. I have to say, I sort of feel, despite what I've just said about the big tech stocks, I sort of feel the market is a matter of when do we sell the U.S.? 
rather than what do we do or what do we buy with the cash at the moment. The whole market seems a little bit directionless. We're up 25% now on this NDQ ETF and 12.5% up on the S&P 500 ETF. One bad day will probably see us in cash, but still holding for the moment. In the one-stock portfolios, both Macquarie and BHP seem to run out of momentum. We're supposed to wake up to stocks we're excited about. At the moment, they are just asleep. Not helping BHP at the moment are some PMI numbers came out of China this morning, came in below expectations. I saw one broker suggesting that Chinese stimulus is a question of when, not whether, but when it came, it would be disappointing in how much there was. Anyway, BHP and Macquarie portfolios a bit dead in the water at the moment. No damage done, but could do with a bit more momentum. In the ideas portfolio, kicking along very nicely. Adairs were up 13% in six days. Harvey Norman, 3.5%. Levisa were up 5.4%, having been down 6% at one point. And Fortescue Metals were up 4.3%. So still holding, but a bit of a hair trigger on some of these. As I say, the market doesn't seem to have fabulous momentum. One bad day will see us taking profits in some of these. This ideas portfolio is trading more than investment. I've also written a quick thing on S32 today. I wrote a stock take the other day. It's an income stock, but the obvious driver here is metal prices for South 32. It's highly correlated to the aluminium price. The aluminium price is, is of course, correlated to metal prices generally, and Citibank is downgrading today on the back of, back of lower nickel, zinc, and coal prices. And if you have a look at the correlation, you'll see the aluminium price still heading down. So no rush to buy South 32, even if you were after income. Next results on August the 24th. Plenty of time to buy them for the dividend if you wanted to, but you really want to see metal prices picking up, and at the moment they're not. Hence the city downgrade in the technical scan section with our new tables in there. I'm beginning to use more of these Metastock charts, which I'm beginning to prefer. Not too much to go on in here. S&P 500 and the NASDAQ and all those tech ETFs still overbought. Most of them sitting at 52-week highs as well. Bear market ETFs, BBUS and SNAS, obviously oversold at the moment at the other end of the scale. At some point, if there is some excuse, there will be a great trade to be had in BBUS and SNAS if the US ever bursts its bubble. But no sign of that happening at the moment. Oversold stocks, one of them today is CSL. I've put a longer term chart in. CSL has been trading in a fairly narrow sort of range, a sort of 10% range, 15% range for the past two or three years. It's heading towards the bottom of that range at the moment. No rush to buy it. Have to say, although whenever you talk to anyone about CSL, you always run into somebody who bought it on the IPO, which of course it's done absolutely fantastically. But for the last two years has been a very dull stock indeed, doesn't yield anything. And I have to say, you do wonder why you would buy CSL. Yes, you wouldn't sell it unless you've got your super into pension phase and don't have any capital gains. But you do wonder why would you buy it at the moment? It's not an income stock, share price going sideways and I think it's living a little bit off its legendary growth reputation over the long term since listing but now it's a rather dull stock under a bit of an earnings cloud and in a downgrade cycle long term okay but trending down still 
there may be a trade in it because they do regularly make a confession ahead of results as they have done this time and the share price dropped I think something like 8% the next day and then the results come out and they're absolutely fine so they've sort of neutralized any disappointment with their pre-results announcement they will may well be a trade in CSL ahead of results results are on the 15th of August always a stock that's on a ritzy PE 36 times yield is 1.2% so there's no real compelling fundamental reason to buy them other than other than everybody loves them if I was looking looking to transform my life I'd probably be looking at other stocks at the moment so that was CSL oversold a, a predictable sell signal on daily and weekly charts today is Latin resources after its mercurial rise got too close to the sun dropped yesterday I think it's unchanged today it is unchanged today got itself very overbought there and as I said Regal Partners has bought itself 132 million shares 5.16% if they stop buying it's going to run out of steam pretty quickly and I assume they have been behind the buying ever since the resource upgrade so Latin resources just coming off the top other stocks catching my eye a little bit these rural stocks which have of course all had a bit of a collapse this year elders ipl bega all bottoming another one bottoming on the weekly charts bank of queensland can't really bring myself to buy them you may be braver than me no results coming up this results season had results first half results in may and a sell signal on wise tech not that convincing. In Henry's take today, you can find out how much your license plate is worth. Some of these license plates in Australia are worth millions. He has a link to his video of the Ausbiz Investment Committee and publishes the portfolio today. He is getting interested in rare earths, Linus in particular, ARU is in there as well. Sector doing okay today. Uranium not doing terribly well today. He talks about the Harry Kane portfolio today and updates on a few things, including Latin Resources, A11, DRE, and a few changes to the smaller company's portfolio. And click on the link in his section to register for the Ask the Analyst webinar on Friday. Okay, that's about it. A few stories today. Patriot Battery Metals has Macquarie behind it. I think Macquarie raised some capital for them. There's a suggestion in the AFR that they have asked Macquarie to find a buyer for the company. And then today they've popped out some lithium drill results, which has shot the share price initially up 15%, up about 10% at the moment. PMT is the code. AMP has confirmed a class action. They're down about 4 or 5% today. AGL record high. Coal back in favour. Andrew Forrest saying that there is a lithium-like moment coming for nickel. As car makers find themselves woefully short of nickel, more nickel in a battery than lithium. And Forrest saying he is willing to invest whatever it takes to become a global force in the supply of nickel. And his privately owned company, Wailu Metals, is buying Mincor Resources for $760 million at the moment. And there you go. That's about it. Our market down 23 as I leave you. Dow futures down 37. NASDAQ futures down 0.1 of a percent immaterial. All a bit quiet. Focus on the US jobs numbers on Friday and, of course, the Fed minutes tonight. You have a fabulous day. I'll be back tomorrow.